This week's episode of The Discerning Gamer is brought to you by LimeWire, infecting your PC with malware since the year 2000. Welcome to The Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, charging up our engines with Illyrium 115 so we can fly the Avenger to the heart of Cydonia to face off against the Mutons. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. Frightened by the Mortal Kombat 1 visuals on Nintendo Switch, and not because of the horror elements of the game, it's Fergus <laughs> Fergamon Hamilton. Oh, the show, Ferg. Thanks, JB. I don't know what's worth, mate. What's worse? They're equally as horrific as each other, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> set your headsets to potato. Um, also with us, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, disappointed that he wasn't able to craft a giant penis out of tree logs and put a flaming dragon's head on the tip to spray napalm ejaculate over his enemies in Pikmin 4. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Thank you so much, JB. Uh, it was unfortunate I couldn't do that in that game, but I could throw my Pikmin into the shape of a penis, and then I could also throw them into holes so they could um, give stimulation and uh, of the oh hole and God. pop out with uh, raw materials for me to then build bridges. The balls harden. Hundred percent. You heard it here first. They do indeed. And finally, Original stimulation Pikmin. <laughs> That's the new Pikmin in Pikmin 5. Mm. Finally with us, the Nintendo Queen, Pistol, Pisty, Pete. The Pist. Oh, triple. She <laughs> downloaded megabytes of music from LimeWire, only to find out it was Bill Clinton denying sexual congress with Monica Lewinsky. It's none other than Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thanks, Joel. Did anyone else have that issue too? Is it just no? I had no. the issue of trying to download Jamira Choir and always being uh, somehow getting um, just something else. Yeah, but it was always the Monica Lewinsky speech <laughs> every time I would try I and get. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Oh my Hands god! Up. <laughs> I can't say I ever came across that one. User. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what C Mac was trying to download, but I never came across that <laughs> one. Mm. Hey, Bill Clinton mixtapes or something. something. All I can remember from that era, <laughs> there was a uh, there was a screensaver that you could get, um, and it was it was after the uh, the the really infamous fight between Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, where Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear off, mm. and it was a screensaver with 
two ears like boxing each other <laughs> and then towards the end the Mike Tyson ear just bites the other like ears head off <laughs> and, and that was like a that was like a an add-on for after dark or, or something but you know that was yeah. uh, that was how well, I spent the 90s I, I don't remember that one either but kids these days would just never know you know to download a single song would take you know 30 to 40 minutes and you just sit there, and every five minutes you'd go back. And I remember with LimeWire, you could listen to the portion that you downloaded. So you'd be hanging out to listen to a song, mm. and yes. you'd get 10, 10 <laughs> seconds of the reason by Hoover Stank. Then you'd come back in ten minutes and get the first thirty seconds of the song, and then you'd come back and listen to the next minute. And because it would sort of download it in in slivers, and, yeah. and they weren't like all in a row. It was like oh, a bit from the beginning, a bit from the end, a bit from the middle. It was just like whatever Gosh. bits it could grab mm. at any given point in time. LimeWire, back in the yeah, FrostWire, that was when LimeWire went down and everyone was scrambling, what can we do? And I've had FrostWire, that lasted a month. Yeah. I started out on Napster. It should have lasted longer wow. considering it was frozen. Yeah, well, that's a uh, <laughs> nice one, uh, Steely. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a food uh, food in the freezer joke there for everyone yeah. uh, playing at home. Yeah, yeah. nice one. <laughs> All right, well, uh, what, what, what's everyone been playing this week? What, what are you even uh, jumping into, Ferg? I'm still playing Starfield flat out. So I think since last week, I might have chucked another 15 or so hours on. Okay. But <clears throat> like I was saying, I've you know the way that I play these games, I never do the main quest. And after 45 hours, I played the main quest where you learn powers, which is like a big thing in the game and didn't see it in the first <laughs> 45 hours because I was too busy off doing everything else but the main story and then I was like oh there's powers that would have been helpful yeah that would have been really helpful <laughs> they're sort of similar to if you ever played I don't know they do different things they've only unlocked a couple a couple of them but they're sort of in the same vein as in Skyrim when you'd unlock different dragon shouts by you know going to specific spots and defeating a dragon there's a similar kind oh, of okay. thing in the game so yeah 45 hours I found out about powers okay well yeah I, I mean that's <laughs> news to me so uh... Um, yeah, uh, I, I must admit the dragon shouts in Skyrim really made the game, you know, with a bit of the... Uh, Fuzdura. Yeah. yeah whatever, whatever it was. Whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> was it Fuzdura or something? Yeah. Just blast yeah. people off cliffs. It was awesome. Fuzdura! Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Did you ever play that in Skyrim, Steely? Joel, the only time I ever played Skyrim was when I would watch you play it. And I was quite happy to watch you play it. Don't get me wrong. I'd sit back, have a couple of frothy <laughs> ones, and then I'd watch you play Skyrim. And I'd go, well, this is a game. Mm. So that's the only... I've never played it. And I've downloaded it, but I'm not playing it still. Because I'm too busy. This is a good segue. Playing Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, mm. um, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. What a mm. fucking cracker that, that is. Uh, wow. I'm absolutely sinking my mouth into that. Pass like into the ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. And I've been playing uh, F099 as well. Well, fuck yeah, I'm bad at it. <laughs> but I like it. It's fun. Mm. Um, it's F0, uh, the original, but there's a lot of people on the track and it's chaos. Mm. And uh, it's good for about 15 minutes, um, and then you're bored of it, and you turn it off again, and that's fine. That's all that's meant to be. 
Well, so. I I had a bit of an indie uh, week this week. I, I tried my hand at uh, two little indie titles on PlayStation 5. Uh, I think The Pedestrian or Pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a series of... It's a puzzle game, series of signs, and you've got to work out how to arrange the signs and connect the various entry and exit points so that you get your character to the exit, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was fun for about the first um, 10 minutes and then very boring. <laughs> um, but uh, the other one I had a go at and... and I only had a go at it because it came extremely highly recommended by nearly the entire staff of the the official PlayStation podcast who raved about this game called Unpacking. Mm. And uh, so I've downloaded it to have a look. And uh, as the title suggests, it is literally like you've moved house, you've rocked up, and the first one is just the bedroom. And you open a series of boxes and get all the girls shit out the boxes, and you got to work out where to put all the <laughs> shit. And um, and yes, I've heard this is good. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> we go. good. Good's, I, but... a, good's a bit of a stretch, but um, <laughs> emotional damage. Um, uh, but like, because I looked into it and I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't look good. That looks like work. Like the, it's got play anything these days. It's got it? really nice retro style graphics on it, but it's like um, there's certain items like when you unpack them that it'll only it'll only accept you putting them in the right spot. So I opened up the drawer on the nightstand and filled it up with her undies, and uh, and then it wouldn't it 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 cracked the shits and was like, nah, that's not where the undies go. I'm like, well, maybe I'll fucking keep my undies there. Um, so I had to unload nine pairs of undies out of the out of that drawer and put them in the drawer in the cupboard. And then yeah, that's I had like to... my worst nightmare. I do enough packing away at home. I don't know. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I need a Mari condo in a fucking video game. I have to do it at home. Enough. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it's. It's almost like playing a game of Tetris, trying to find a spot to put all the all of this girl's shit, and um, and then I guess the the object is as you progress on, like you start off and she's a little kid, and then she's a bit older, and then like she's at college, and then she's like living with a roommate, and and you know you you see a sort of story progress through lesbianism and then back into a straight relationship at the end and all this sort of thing. So mm-hmm. they've done their best to try and craft a story to go along with what's a very boring <laughs> premise for a game and uh, very, very boring in its execution as well, to be honest. But, uh, oh, well, you know. Scathing reviews from JB. It's uh, it's so- free on PlayStation Plus. So. Oh, nice. uh, Oh, free. I was going to say. Value, value for money to be had oh, there at zero dollars. Emotional so damage. Not, not playing Baldur's Gate 3 anymore, mate. Well, no, I, I want to. It's just that I I can't play it when the kids are floating around because of the... Uh, That's the, a good point. Yes. The last thing I need is, you know, for them to be s- sitting there watching my character getting filleted by a, a <laughs> half bear, half uh, man, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, I, yeah, probably not. I've, I've got to, I've yeah. got to make sure that I uh, only play that game uh, 
certain times of the day. Yeah, that'd be an interesting conversation. Dad, what's that bear doing? Yeah, he's He's biting this man's dick off. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. The ball's hardened. Just a, just a oh. quick tidbit before we move on. That unpacking developed by an Aussie developer, Game Studio, which oh. Beam, oh. based in Brisbane, Australia. So, oh, there you go. Kudos on the Aussie oh, developer. <laughs> Cop that uh, which Beam? You fucking is your which Beam? Um, all right. Well, let's uh, jump into this Shit. week's news headlines. Oh well. Fuck me, wow. Well, hang on, Sexty. Whoa, wait. (laughs) Yes, it's the news. It's this week, and it's coming at you. Tell me, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Fuck. Mortal Kombat (laughs) 1 came out on Nintendo Switch last week, releasing with the graphics, and I quote from JB himself, set to potato. So Ed Boon (laughs) has let Switch owners know that he will fix this, stating that in the next update, he will get it running as if it came out on PS2 instead of the (laughs) Commodore 64. Oh, dear. I'm going to come. Well, well. (laughs) Well, we've all known this for a while now, but Phil Spencer seems to think Microsoft's dick is bigger and harder than the name implies, with documents being released this week from the court case centred around the acquisition of Activision. In the documents, Spencer outlays a plan to stock push Nintendo into needing to merge or be acquired by another company in order to increase stock value for its investors. Spencer also made comments before the release of Nintendo Switch that Nintendo's future is not in hardware, they just don't know it yet, which hasn't aged well considering the Switch's relentless success over the last seven years. When we reached out to Nintendo for comment, they had this to say, Phil needs to go home and make love to his wife's Xbox, (laughs) then wake up to the harsh realisation that we have more money in the bank than Phil has sperm coming out of his Microsoft penis. Oh my god. Wow. Nintendo's words, not mine. Now, for a wholesome change of pace. Bluey... Yes, allegedly. We, we all know that a lot of these things I'm saying didn't come. Anyway, <laughs> I think if you, if you think that Nintendo said that, you've got something fucking wrong in your head. Anyway, <clears throat> now, for a wholesome change of pace, Bluey, the video game, is coming out this November on PlayStation 4 and 5 and Nintendo Switch, with the Xbox version arriving in December. Ludo commenting that nobody plays Xbox, so we don't think it will affect day one sales. <laughs> Phil Spencer needs to go home, watch an episode of Bluey, make love to his wife, and come to the harsh realisation that an Xbox is purely the name basic bitches refer to when discussing any gaming platform. All jokes aside... Emotional damage! Bluey will stay faithful to the cartoon and will include a new story as part of its four-player co-op adventure. CD Projekt Red, everyone. CD Projekt Red, they're back on top, so it would seem landing generally favourable review scores for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Sitting around 88 on Metacritic, the DLC that launched alongside the version 2.0 patch has struck a chord with existing players. The patch notes are as follows. Wake up, Mommy. (laughs) I just pissed the bed. (laughs) Yes. Yes, getting those so, cyberpunk vibes uh, cranking for our uh, 
Yeah, just yeah. Uh, something to uh, wet the whistle uh, for uh, <laughs> our listeners there. Yeah. Uh, the patch notes are as follows. We should have released the game in this state, and you can now make your penis in any or an outie. Also, Idris <laughs> Elba is in it. He's good. Did you see him in the office? He is just like that in Phantom Liberty, but kind of more like Knuckles and sort of more similar to the guy from Suicide Squad. Or am I thinking of Will Smith? No, wait. <laughs> the Suicide Squad, the reboot sequel, and, of course, Bug Fixers. So that's um, from CD Projekt Red themselves <laughs> about the patch notes there for the game. Mm. Um, definitely all real. Um, anyway, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Look, it's spiders, 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 everyone. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 going gold this week. Wow. Insomniac's much-anticipated sequel will be arriving. I snore, but that game looks good. Um, will be arriving on time uh, on the 20th of October with fans still pushing for the return of Peter Parker's original design from the first game on PS4. The actor for Peter Parker has had a gutful of the backlash surrounding the character's design, stating the new design is much better for, for, for uh, the new design is much better for performance. <laughs> Fuck me! Um, am I having a stroke? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Somebody call nine one one. I was going to say somebody called 90210, but that's Beverly Hills. That's different. Uh, it's a postcode. Um, and that he thinks that fans need to get over it. Um, now, look, being a part of the Sonic community, you see this kind of shit all the time with the length of Sonic's quills and his voice. Just fuck off and make a game yourself if you care so much. Love Steely. Um, next up, the team at Star Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me uh, the team at Starbreeze everyone they are in damage control mode this week when Payday 3 launched with what could only be a fistful of bugs that the company and publisher knew about but of course ignored and released the game anyway no, obviously God. not learning yeah, not no, learning from God, the mistakes please, of Bethesda no, and no, Arcane's no. Redfall this year. No. Payday 3. Simon, just wait. I'm not waiting for Steve Carell. He didn't wait for me. Uh, paid, he didn't, I tell you. Anyway, uh, Payday 3 has launched with lackluster AI, awkward character animations, not to mention frequent crashes, and it currently sits on a modest 70 on Metacritic, with users voicing their frustration by giving it a harsh but fair user score of 1.9. Ooh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Something worthy of the Wii U horn. Um, oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, the future is right on our doorstep, everyone, with Apple's newest iPhone being able to connect directly to a computer monitor for larger screen gaming on Apple's flagship device. Now, riddle me this. If you already have a PC and the money to buy a decent monitor for it, why would you not just game on your fucking PC? <laughs> Considering the price of a new iPhone is looking to be upwards of 2 k we reached out to Tim Cook for comment, and he had this to say. You Google, shoot show me, me down. this guy's balls, please. <laughs> he, said, he has said that before. Uh, you shoot me down, but I won't fall. The new iPhone is titanium. Uh, and that is your news <laughs> for the week, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, news headlines. Breaking. Coming at you live. DJ Lounge. Come up. 
Jesus, gunshots, there's lightsabers. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of everything. Wow. Well, you it's know, like you... a spaghetti western in space. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks for those uh, new news headlines, uh, Steely. It's good to uh, oh, I love get some news. Good to get some insights on what's going on in the uh, the industry, and uh, even better when we get the exclusives. You know, uh, big yeah. companies like Microsoft opening up directly to uh, us here at the Descent Gamer. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh... We Did got, you? We got a lot of interviews. I tell you, in the time that we had off when we did, guys, I just went ham on emailing <laughs> every company saying, "Give me the scoop every time, and I will do it justice." And look, they've come through. They've come through hard. Every time I've got a good scoop on what these guys are saying, they're just telling me the truth. And I, I'm always saying off the record, like just oh, off the record, what's this? And they tell me this bullshit. And I just say it to you guys. Mm. So what can I say? You heard it here first. The, the, yeah, I wish I had one of those. <laughs> um, JB, yes. Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty. Mm. Any excitement to jump back in the world of Cyberpunk 2077? You and I have both been around since day one. Oh, actually, no, not quite. I don't think. No, I only got in once I got the PS5, but uh, it was on my radar for a while and I was waiting for them to patch it so that I could at least uh, play it without all the game-breaking bugs. But I tell you, this <clears throat> this new patch does make me want to install Phantom Liberty and then restart like a fresh fresh game because the um, one thing that I did find with Cyberpunk, the, the leveling system and what skills you pick and everything was always just an absolute dog's breakfast. And it seems like they've completely revamped that now mm. to make that better. Um, they've revamped a lot of the cyber implants that you can get for your character. There's There's heaps of stuff that they've done beyond just expanding the initial game. It actually... And, and look, this is going to sound like it's a slight against Gorilla, but I'm more excited about this Phantom Liberty upgrade than I was about um, Burning Shores for for um, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, and, you know, I didn't even finish Forbidden... Uh, I didn't even finish the um, Burning Shores expansion because it just... They just couldn't keep me interested. I, I, unfortunately, <clears throat> I, I don't know if I'm... One of the few, or uh, um, you know, or if that's I don't blame you, mate. I typical. felt the same way about Horizon um, Zero Dawn's DLC, uh, the Frozen Wilds. That did not, that didn't grasp me at all. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. There's nothing that differentiates their DLC from the base game enough to go. Oh, I'm really interested in that. You know, it's not mm. like it's crucial information, or I mean, they can't make it crucial information. Otherwise, you're being forced to pay for extra for story information that is is crucial to the plot, which I think is wrong anyway. But I think the biggest thing about this DLC as well is that obviously this game has somewhat risen from the ashes, hasn't it? I mean, it was a complete and utter bombsite um, for years and they've worked at it, they've worked at it, they worked at it. And as much as I don't agree with that method of releasing a game half-baked and then expecting everyone to be hyped about it and then saying, oh, sorry, we'll fix it later. They've done a really good job of doing that, at least. And I think a lot of people now are starting to enjoy the experience that they were expecting 
when the game launched, which I think is, um, look, credit to them. They, they are, for for a lot of the ways, a reputable game studio because we all love The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and it's just something that I think is, um, I mean, I, I say that when I've only played a couple of hours of that game. I thought it was good, but whatever. Mm. It's just a bit much. But you know what I mean? I think that that's the, that's the turning point, is that it's, it's something extremely exciting because it is a large-scale thing that's happening to a game that otherwise could have been just put put in the bin like mm. redfall mm. well i tell you like cyberpunk is a pretty far cry from redfall and uh, like i feel like through the time that i've played it there's it's just so much meat on that bone um you know like every time i go in and play it there's there's new shit that you can discover like it's it really is an incredible game and it's it's just one of the the biggest shames in in gaming history that the launch was so plagued with all these bugs and all this all this game breaking shit that because the game is actually incredible and it it could have been every every bit as incredible as um, The Witcher Three or any of the other titles that CD Projekt Red are known for um, and I actually hope that they continue to use the cyberpunk ip and keep developing future titles for it because um like really we've only seen night city there could be you know dozens of places that you could mm-hmm. take the game in a future you yeah. know, future game or whatever and and a lot of elements that you could add into it to you know sort of make it you know or keep it interesting and, and whatnot so yeah, yeah I, for sure I hope that CD Projekt Red do continue developing the cyberpunk um, IP. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, DLC aside, which is getting some really good reviews, which is, I think it's out soon, that, like, the the patch that's this 2.0 patch, the list of things and upgrades and things that have changed is, like, as long as your arm. <clears throat> and it's interesting that the minimum requirements of the game are now different to what they were and was launched. So now they're saying, well, they're basically encouraging everyone to basically start again. So wipe your old save and start again to avoid having issues. And they're saying now that the game won't run on anything but an SSD, which is really interesting as well. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things. On I've talked about this heaps of times. On PC, the launch wasn't too bad, and it was a good game, but it wasn't a great game. And I played the first time around, I played 40 hours, and I think I played started again and played 40 hours. So I played, probably played 80 hours and haven't finished the game. And now I'm sort of left with, well, if I ever get back to it, I'll probably have to start again. But, yeah, I don't know. Everything I'm hearing and seeing and, yeah, it's it's a, a massive overhaul of all the things that they're changing. It's it's insane. If you go and look at the patch list, it's it's everything from skills to perks to AI to everything. Um, so, yeah. Would it be enough to, to drag uh, the Steelmeister in King and Screaming? Feel the Steel. Oh, you know... I tried the game as a game trial um, uh, a little while back. Uh, how long ago was it now? Probably a couple months ago. And look, I, I honestly, I thought it kind of looked cool and everything like that. Gunplay peeved me off. I got a little bit bored with some of the like the sections where you can log into ca- like the dre- the the electro dreams, whatever they're called. They kind of um they bugged the shit out of me. They were a bit what boring. What I like about I remember saying to you I didn't like it. You didn't play it. Yeah, I didn't. Well, well maybe because it's in first person and it's not Bioshock, <laughs> which is fair enough. 
<laughs> but no, you I don't could, know. You uh, could shape <clears throat> V's pubic hair into a heart shape um, if you That's decided cool. to give her a vagina. I could do that to my own pubic hair if I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there's enough of it there. All right, um, well, but you know, yep, <laughs> you've, you've got me there. The ball's hardened. <laughs> But he doesn't need a video that, game I mean, to do that, JB. Yeah, just do that at home after the show. Knowing that it is a different experience now, I kind of feel like I would wouldn't mind going back to it. The problem is, is that I wouldn't be able to go and download it as a game trial again because I've already used that avenue. So I'd have to then go out and get a copy of the game, and I just don't know if that's something that I really want to do. Like I don't know. Like yeah, you really yeah, need the game plus phantom liberty to make the most of it you need the, the and it's phantom and liberty paid dlc yes yeah. yes but but it, every every review and everything that i've read about it so far are saying that phantom liberty and the patch that comes with it almost remakes the game and fixes so many of the things mm. that people were shut off about with it in the first yeah. place it's how it should have been from day one it is essentially where they're at now yeah so that's the experience that you'll have, the basic, you know. Yeah. So, you know, take it or leave it, I guess. But, mm. um, yeah. yeah, cool one. All right, well, we're going to hand over to the Steelmeister now for a bit of news on what you've been playing. What have you been playing, mate? Well, you know what I said at the start of the show, but that's fine. If you're not listening because you don't love me, that's why I get it. Anyway, um, but no, nah, but in all honesty, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Now, everybody knows how excited I've been for this fucking game. Honest to goodness. Um, I I was just kind of hoping to wait for a physical release. I'm a big fan of physical releases for games, but I couldn't do it anymore. So I went and took the plunge and I got it on uh, PS5. And, well, just fuck me. I'm just so happy with the experience so far. It's everything, every bit that I wanted it to be. And um, I'm just frothing at the bit to tell you all about it. Fucking first thing off the bat, amazing gameplay. It's snappy, responsive. It's easy to pick up, but hard to master. I love games like that, that just kind of, you know, that you can pick up and play and it's straightforward, but to really you know, master all the different things and the challenges that are in the game. I, I really love that. It makes it sort of pushes you to be better every time you do a certain loop around the, the city and all that kind of stuff. Um, soundtrack seems small at first, but you can actually unlock more tracks by completing these delivery case challenges, which I think makes me want 100% the game. Just based on that alone, the music is wild. It is a great step forward from the days of Jet Set Radio Hideki Naganuma's tracks are straight up perfection. The rest of the soundtrack, the original soundtrack that supports that, um, is just right within that style, and it fits in so well. And I just, I, I just everything that I was hoping that it was going to be. Story's kind of weird, and I like it. It's about like this guy who um, you don't really know much about, um, but he's in jail, and then some guy breaks him out. And they go like escaping the the police headquarters together. And as they're escaping off the top of the building of the police headquarters, this dude with all these like vinyl records in his jacket just like throws one and chops the guy's head off. And then it gets replaced with a robot head. And it's just like such a such a cooked sort of concept. But 
it, it's kind of weirdly sort of Japanese, even though the game's set in Amsterdam. And I just love how the game incorporates the mystery <clears throat> of how some guy just randomly chopped this guy's head off um, with the humour of how all these characters now sort of exist with one another and they're going to try and find this guy's head because the head could still be alive somewhere. It's just super warped, but I love it. I think it's just... So there's something quirky about it. I think when you go into a game like this, you don't anticipate it to have this super deep story. I like how it's not 100% focused on being a one-for-one one of Jet Set Radio that was really about, you know, fighting the power and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool in those games as well, the way that they sort of, you know, put those games together. But what I think is really cool about this is that it's more about, you know, turf wars amongst gangs. So the guy with the records in his jacket, he actually knows the guy that he cut the head off um, with. And, like, so there's some tie between them, and I think that that's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, one of the cool little aesthetics that I like about it as well is the characters all dance on the spot, just like in Jet Set Radio when they talk to one another. It's a, it's a nostalgic hit like no other. Just like, you know, they're sitting there with their dialogue and they're just doing, like, a weird dance, and you're just like, this is just so good. Um, anyway there's not much more that I have to say about it because I've just sort of, I feel like I've only just been scratching the surface with it. I love the fact that it still separates itself from Jet Set Radio in a lot of ways, but it borrows from um, Radio and Radio Future in some ways as well, which I think is really cool. Um, I can't wait to keep playing. Team Reptile has smashed it with this game. So um, for anybody at home who is a fan of Jet Set Radio or Ferg's Jet Star Radio, I'd definitely pick this up. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more expensive than Jet Star Radio, but it's a good game. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> my my question I had for you, Steely, is I think you've touched on it and probably answered my question already. Is that like I've seen a bit of gameplay? It looks very, very similar to Jet Star Radio, but it sounds like they've got that balance right between <laughs> you know a nostalgia hit, but also having some original e idea, original e ideas. E <laughs> some original Fuck ideas in there is that is that correct is that how you sort of assess yeah, it yeah because in jet set radio future which was my favorite of the two games um <laughs> you basically would go through town um in very sort of linear cityscapes doing tricks and stuff but the point system didn't really have much to do with the game um it was just kind of like get to this area talk to this person then advance the story in some way and tag stuff as you go along so the main sort of premise of jet set radio is to go and you know put your graffiti everywhere this game takes that graffiti concept but it borrows from the first game a bit more where the graffiti is something that you have to do manually so you can have these different inputs that basically will tag different images but then they also borrow from um the second game where there are certain images you can do where you can tag in one go. So it's a little bit more fluid. Um, you can grind up lamp posts, which you could do in Jet Set Radio Future as well. But it feels like everything is so much stickier. You know, you can you can really latch onto stuff and it's very, a lot more fluid, which I really like. And you can also run on foot too. So they're not going to be stickier and fluid. Because sticky fluids. Okay. Well, I know all about them. Um, <laughs> oh, well. But anyways, but there's that ability in the game where you're able to take off your skates or get off your bike or get off your skateboard and walk around too, which I really love because it means that for some of the areas in the game where 
you kind of don't want to go skating as fast as you can off the edge of a you know an awning to get to a certain thing that you're wanting to try and tag you can make it a bit more precise there's also combat in this game which is um a little bit different so in jet set radio there was no combat you could basically tag people to slow them down and spray them with spray paint but in this game the spray paint is a part of like a, you know a combo move which i think is really cool um so they they do sort of advance it a little bit i think the combat obviously isn't the the forefront of the game but it is enough there that it kind of feels more satisfying that when cops are coming after you and they're relentless that you can kind of get them out of the way and boot them up and you know the more that you hurt them it's kind of like gta the bigger the heat that you get with the police and so they put up all these um you know automatic sort of machine gun looking things but they have long arms out of them with handcuffs on the edges and they're trying to kind of restrain you and you can destroy them by spray painting them and then kicking them and stuff like that and you can also escape the cops by going into toilet cubicles and changing your outfit which i think is just really cool it's it's Mm. a really great mechanic there's something fun about that it's super quirky but it does do enough different to separate itself from those games while somehow making it feel like it's a part of the series, mm. which I think is really cool. It feels like a spin-off game, you know, like if, if Jet Set Radio was to take part in another city. The one thing that I miss from Jet Set Radio that could have been in this game is like the power of having an announcer on, you know, the underground radio station. I used to love that in the Jet Set Radio games, having the announcer kind of narrate what was happening on the street. I found it to really amplify the street culture a bit more whereas in this game that's kind of absent and everything feels a lot more disconnected which i think is something that they would have really benefited from taking from that franchise into this but having said that it's not the same game so for me to expect that i think i've gotten more than i even bargained for it's the chance to be able to play a basically a jet set radio game but in this day and age with modern controls and mm. you know with a team that's super passionate about what they're creating as well and um so yeah uh, i hope that answers your question in a long short format no so would you uh, say that uh, <clears throat> bomb rush cyber funk is a monster kill 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 i was waiting for that to play out yeah fucking fuck oath it's uh, great <laughs> so far um look it's a great game i'd i'd recommend it to anybody that likes that style of game i think if you're not i mean because it's weirdly kind of like tony hawk in some ways too you go up against people in trick battles and they're kind of kind of surprisingly hard you've got to sort of make the biggest combo that you can which is really cool um but i would i'd recommend this to people i think it's such a great game they've really poured a lot into it um and for for what it is from an indie developer to come out with something like this it just um it hits on so many levels so yeah it is a it is a monster kill with all of the reverb and all of the delay and um <laughs> fucking i will give you a score at a later date nice oh, nice one thank you now we oh, yeah. need to throw it over to uh pisty the pissed, the pissed, for uh, for a bit of news that I know, uh, in Simon's words, had her frothing at the lips. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said? I said it, that if you were here, you would have been when you weren't last week when you had to go and take care of the baby. All right. <laughs> well, we had um, 
a Nintendo Direct. We haven't really talked about that at all. Ah, motherfucker. Jesus. Um, yeah, so we had a Nintendo Direct, what was it, last week? Mm. And it was incredible. It was amazing. I'm, I haven't even written anything down, so I'm just sort of trying to remember what was, a, what was a part of it. But at the very end of the Nintendo Direct, you we saw that book open up with a star on it that we all know and love as Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. And everyone lost their chips over it because it was, I remember I got up to feed the baby in the middle of the night and I could see Simon, must have heard her wake up, and all I could see was this glowing in the bed from his phone. I was like, what the hell's going on? What's he doing on his phone at like? Two o'clock in the morning, and I get back to the bed. And he goes, "Quick, if we go under the covers, so he could show me the announcement of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, which of course um, was on the GameCube originally. So it was a mm. sequel to Paper Mario on the four. Um, and Thousand Year Door is just absolutely incredible, insane, amazing. One of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> and yes, they're doing a remake of it on the Switch. And it's just been something that everyone has been begging and asking for for, for since I can remember. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a popular, well-loved game. And yeah, it looks incredible. They've really updated it. I saw a like side by side comparison, and yeah, it's just hugely improved. It's crazy, but it's so faithful to the original. Oh, well, it's exactly it. the same as the original. Just the it just looks so much better, and yeah, I'm really excited to play this game. Even though I've played it probably around eight hundred and ten times, so this will be my eight hundred and eleventh time. <clears throat> yeah, I've only played it once and I loved it. So yeah, it's a, and it's a really it's quite a long game too, and there's lots of like post game stuff as well. And yeah, it's hopefully we were talking about this the other day that it will be that popular enough with the newer or because there's people that kids yeah. who haven't played it but on the GameCube because they went alive when it came out. Oh, I feel old. Um, but hopefully the. <laughs> you know, reception that this gets, they might go back to the original formula of Paper Mario that made it so pop, like made it so popular and well-loved, not this crappy colour splash and crappy Origami King and crappy Sticker Star, which is just using weird mechanics that don't make any sense and just it's not what Paper Mario is about. What's funny is is that all over, um, I, I there's a lot of guys that I follow on YouTube who made their channels purely based off of video essays to do with what happened to Paper Mario. <laughs> and I, the day that it was announced, I went through to each of their channels just because I knew that they'd be reacting to the Nintendo Direct. And it's just basically grown-ass men screaming like, <laughs> you know, grown-ass women. Even, it's not even a and, new game. Like, this is the thing. They just remade an old game, but this yeah. is just what everyone wants. I think the demand is so high, and you're starting to see people now um, in the comments as well just saying stuff like, oh, we need to buy as many copies as this as we can to send a message to Nintendo. This is the way that we want it to be. And So pretty uh, much you know, pretty much where they fucked up Paper Mario, if you're wondering, because mm. you guys haven't played it, is so the original games, you had this... Um, badge system pretty much where your moves so it's an rpg so your moves were based off of 
badges you would equip. So, you know, power jump would give you more power and you can equip um, multi-jump where you can jump, you know, and you use up badge power, blah, blah, blah. And it was, a, and also the games were incredibly diverse in the characters. So all original, different, unique characters in in both games, like people, yeah. kids, characters that no one's seen before like it, it was amazing it wasn't just like toads wasn't even yeah, like, like yeah it was different races of different characters throughout the mario universe but, but yeah all... completely different universes as yeah. well, well completely different original towns and original original mm. characters yeah mm. that's what made it so incredible was all these people these characters no one's ever seen before and little worlds that no one's ever seen before and then where it started to go bad was after thousand year door they released Sticker Star on the 3DS, and instead of well, using actually, the... they released oh. Super Paper Mario on the Wii after that, which was the first sort of departure to form. But it still had the originality and the different characters. Yeah, but it wasn't the same RPG that it was. It wasn't it the same. Was, it was um... like a side scroller with 3D elements attached to it. Yeah, so it wasn't the same sort of wander around. But yeah, then Sticker Star, they just start the you know the combat system was stickers you had to collect stickers and once you used a sticker that was it if i wanted to play with a fucking scrapbook i would have gone to fucking kiki k but anyway so (laughs) (laughs) but then you know and then even those subsequent hypermarios they just got worse and well not i don't know color splash is probably the worst of the entire series but they started using Carl Splash used cards cards that's right and cards and then every so single slow. character besides Mario was a toad everything every character was a toad there was not one original you know the the only original characters was a toad with a mustache you know a toad with the top hat like it was just a toad <laughs> the there same no toads with, no I'm telling you there was no toads with top hats in Carl Splash <laughs> that was that all mustaches that's Ooh. too much there was toads with mustaches in fucking Thousand Year Door and all kinds of different clothing on there was like chef toads who had all like blacksmith toads pirate looking but anyway toads. so yeah well, you know and, what they say about yeah, toads got... don't you well, yeah if you can put it up yeah it's gonna feel good. What? No dick, <laughs> no balls, and probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. <laughs> so what What I'm kind of hoping, because everyone's been asking for Thousand Year Door for so long because they want them to go back to the original formula, the fact that they've actually done it means that, yeah, they're listening, I'm hoping, and they, they agree that this is... I'm just speaking for them. so I, don't I hope it's like a soft reboot. I think that this, I, I personally, and I've been wrong in the past a lot of times, so don't believe anything I say, but I think this feels like a soft reboot. It feels like a lot of people have kind of gone, what, what you're doing is not working. They've tried it three times now, uh, just like fart-assing with the, the combat system, doing all kinds of weird shit with it, putting it on a twisty board and, you know, having Paper Mario fight scissors. Like fuck me! Like how, <laughs> how self self aware do you want to be? Honest to goodness. And then with this game, I think because this is something that everyone's been crying out for, it's the return to form that everybody needs to kind of gear up for hopefully where the future of the franchise goes. Because in the state that it's in at the moment, it's a complete and utter shambles. And I just I think that this is needed. And I really hope it performs well. I hope that a lot of these content creators, yeah, 
uh, telling the truth where they're saying, you know, we want to buy 10 copies of this game just because we want the sales Honestly, to be buy it when it comes out. Mm. You'll love it. It's it's really good. And the kids would love it as well, Joel. It's insane. So it's such a great, fun, challenging game. Like, I've been mm. playing it since it came out and it's still fun to me. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Hearing uh, Charles Martinet's replacement uh, come in mm. to, you know, fill oh the role God, of Mario. Oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. I, uh, I got the inside line on who they're considering for mm. the role. Hey, it's uh, me, Mario. <laughs> uh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's hey, this thousand-year door over here? <laughs> I, uh, I need to collect some star. And I'm not talking about Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from. Oh, man. Uh, we don't um, have a release date on this one yet, do we? It's just next year. Uh, next it's just year. 2024. I reckon this is going to be a bit of a um, <clears throat> possibly cross-platform. So I think this might be sort mm. of a, a bit of a swan song for the Switch, but also it, it looks so good that I don't doubt that this is something that possibly will also come out on the next form of hardware because mm. we don't have it. Plus, they've got so much coming out, like pretty much every month until March. Not mm. month, but, you know, then I feel like it's the next big release. They'll wait to, I reckon, June. So something to yeah. wet the already frothing lips of uh, the Nintendo. Wrap them around. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wrap your lips around it. But, yeah, anything else from the Direct? Probably nothing. I, I, I can't think of anything right no, now. Not really. I mean, that whole Direct was absolute fire. And a lot of people being like, oh, it was pretty mean. It was like a sea. But, I mean, there was just something about seeing a Nintendo Direct with lots of Nintendo games in it and not just like, oh, we're excited a day to announce uh, Shimmy Mugen 3. It's the game from the fucking system that nobody knows about. Yeah, it's a remake and you can now play as you're a donkey. Uh, you know, like there's <laughs> always this shit in Nintendo Directs that are just stuff that nobody gives a fuck about. And it's just padding... <laughs> You know, for Prepare yourselves for Cuties Hack 2. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Playing thrilling matches against a fucking mm, turtle horse. And mm, to see pictures of hot babes. <laughs> Some of them might have their clothes off. Um, but, you know, um, fuck me, what's going on with my brain? Anyway, um... Yeah, total horse. Um, so, you know what? When when you close out a Nintendo Direct with Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door, you fucking mean business. That's a big announcement. They only close out the Direct with, you know, the the biggest announcements that they have. To me, they mean business with this. This is something that is going to reshape the uh, the format for Paper Mario going forward, and that's that's my hope anyway, because I don't I don't want to buy another shit Paper Mario game. Simon even emailed um, Nintendo about it. I emailed Intelligent Systems back oh, to play Sticker System. Star, saying <laughs> saying I played Sticker Star first, and then that's I played the original, too. and this game is shit house in comparison. This I said it much more eloquently, but I was like. There's got to be somebody, you know. There's what's going on. Why? Why is the whole format for these games changed? And obviously, it took them a good maybe ten years to listen, um, because 
they released two absolute stonkers straight after I sent that email. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Fuck me. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, there you go. that's enough about that. Well, it's time for this week's novelty segment. Steve Wiseman on OnlyFans. He's got great feet. <laughs> Good to know. And uh, this week's novelty segment, uh, we're going to talk about most memorable boss battles. Um, and uh, I, I don't actually know what everyone else has, uh, has chosen for this. So, um, I guarantee you haven't picked the one that I've got. Guarantee we're going to have some overlap somewhere. But no, uh, anyway... No. We'll 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 roll with it, and uh, who who wants we're to? We're not going to have off? any overlap, JB. Yeah, we're not going to have any overlap. All right, well, you, no, you, we're not. You kick things <laughs> off, Steely. Come on. No, is that, I want to to go first. Is that Steely, or are we talking to uh, <laughs> yeah. Dave Hughes? I'm being a fucker in the <laughs> front of the microphone. Yeah. Stop. You're talking to Steve, Steve Wilder. Check out my feet and everything. <laughs> oh boy, the big toes. <laughs> Anyway, Ferg's turn. I want Ferg to go. All right, right, I can go first. Come on, Ferg. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard about sheep? I mean, they bark. But do they ever bark? Anyway. Uh, We're losing it. Must be getting late. Um, Excuse me. Right, what are we talking about? Most memorable boss battles. I've got one in particular, but before I get there, how about every single boss battle in Elden Ring? I'm telling you, this this game of the year game from last year, this was nearly, out of all of the things that was done amazingly well in this game, this might have been right at the top of the list. Every single boss in that game, no matter if they were like, Big ones, small ones, whatever. They were all incredibly unique, varied, and just epic. And they were all awesome. Um, into the ice. I just I just loved being out in the open world in Elden Ring and just coming across a boss and then you get the change in the music. Then the big health bar pops up the top and you just go to war against these these bosses. And what makes Elden Ring unique and challenging and difficult at the same time is that they're all they're just scattered all over the world and you basically you don't know how you're going to go until you actually start fighting them so you know as an example you start off the game you go through the tutorial area and the first boss you come across is the tree sentinel who's this massive knight on this horse and you literally see him in the first 10 minutes of the game and he's like level 40 and he just one shots you um but just i think what's outside of the men unique and interesting the boss phases that you come up against are so incredibly well done. Typically when I think of boss battles, you always think of like the classic Nintendo games where the first third of the fight until you get the health down, they'll do, you know, a one sort of collection of moves. Then in the next segment, it's the same things. And once you sort of memorize what's going on, you sort of, that's how you defeat them. Whereas in, in Elden Ring, it was not uncommon to come across a boss that would have just a myriad of different, things that they do and they'd mix it up so you'd fight them the first time you'd see half a dozen moves you'd die you'd go back and be like all right i'll get ready for them and you get something completely different in the first phase and it was just so like they were unbelievable so anyway every single boss in Elden ring 
gets a shout out, but I've got one in particular which I always thought was quite funny and used to crack me up. I'm going to take you back to May 5, 1992 on PC, on the MS-DOS system. I'm playing a game called Wolfenstein 3D, and I'm talking about none other than the uh, Mecha Hitler. If anyone's ever played those games, one of the boss fights you come across there is a uh, half-man, half-machine Adolf Hitler who's in some kind of... uh, mechanical suit and in the first phase he, he rolls out and he's got these big four chain guns and basically when you get him to half half health his sort of mech suit falls to pieces and he's only got two and then once you actually defeat him you get the most satisfying sort of he just falls into this pile of blood and guts and bones and it's just classic so you just get and you know while you're fighting he's just yelling out german obscenities while he's stomping around in his mech suit so, shout out to uh, Wolfenstein 3D and Mecha Wait, Hitler. Wait, you were playing this in 1992. How old were you? Uh, I wasn't playing it in 1992. The game came out in 92. Say. Might have been a few years after. Might have been five or six or seven. Oh, my God. Go and look it up. Mecha Hitler, awesome. That explains why Ferg is into metal music today. That's it. Because <laughs> he was fucking up Mecha Hitler when he was four years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, six, it's classic. Maybe. I think uh, kids these days could uh, do with a bit of uh, Mecha Hitler killing. Uh, you know, straight. I think out. they do. They need to get back to reality. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, bit of yeah. a history lesson as oh. it all uh, unfolded. Brilliant, Mecha Hitler. Thank you uh, for, for that. Um, C Mac, Fisty. Well, m- mine because I haven't told people. Have you finished The Last of Us Two? Has everyone? Oh, you know, fuck them. If they haven't done it by now. <laughs> Have you <laughs> No, I haven't, but that's all right. No, fuck no, me. see, I don't want to. No, I don't want to talk about that. Well, fucking, I'm sorry, but you've all had no. enough <laughs> years to play this motherfucking game on this motherfucking No, it's, it's fine, Casey. Really? i got a that's memory like, of a goldfish. I'm assuming that the end, the end boss is Abby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, now you've gone and spoiled it for everyone, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, when I when Simon mentioned what the because I didn't read what the melody segment was, I was the wow. first thing I thought of. I don't know why it's that it's the bot. You haven't played it, so you wouldn't know. But <laughs> it's just Ellie and Abby, and Abby's pretty much uh, has nothing. She's she's just. Do you want me to? Do you do you really want me to say it? Or... Fucking spoil it! Stop it! I'm talking. <laughs> Fucking. If hell. you haven't finished the game, to... now is the chance to skip a couple of minutes in the podcast. You've been warned. Yes. I thought C Mac oh, anyway... was going to say that um, Joel and um, Ellie got in a knife fight or something as the final boss battle. That'd be epic. Oh, poor, poor fag. He I'll play the games one one day. You you really need to play it. But anyway, yeah, it's just it's just a it's a final fight between Abby and Ellie, and it's really hard to play because you don't really want one or the other to win. It's really weird and it's really bizarre because it's you go you because you play as both of them, you grow to sort of like both of them, and it's a really disturbing um, boss battle, I guess. Because yeah, you don't you don't know who to win. You don't know who to hurt because you don't know if you want to let her go or not, or if you want to kill her. And um, I, I yeah, I really don't. <laughs> I think 
it's just emotionally. It's a very emotional. I remember not even really wanting to finish it and wanting to do it because it was really hard to watch, especially the graphics being so graphic mm. and awful. And yeah, you're you're fighting someone that's essentially got nothing and has just fallen to the end. Like she's got, she just wants to leave, and Ellie can't let her leave because of what she's done. So, um. Yeah, sorry for bringing the tone down a bit. <laughs> but it, it was really a, a battle that really has stuck with me. And every time I think of boss battles, I just I keep going back to that one because it was such a emotional roller coaster of a of a scene, really. It was like mm. like watching it was like watching a scene, but you have to play it out. And mm. even though you don't want to, you have to do it, you know. Similar to the um not similar, but you know, Grand Theft Auto Five, where you go to the end. Can I give that away? Yeah, yes, we can. <laughs> Is that all right? You <laughs> know. What about the people that want to play it on potato settings on their on their fucking Nintendo Switch Two when it comes out? What's uh, gonna happen? Yeah, like in Grand Theft Auto, where you have the choice of killing Trevor or not. You know, in the end, and you know, we killed him. We um, all know the but... choice that Pisty made. Oh. <laughs> and then we automatically regretted it afterwards, didn't we? Oh, when I'm post game and I can't play as Trevor anymore, I'm like, well, why would we fucking do that? I do. <laughs> and they're like, but, but yeah. yeah, that sort of feeling of like you have to make a decision: do you do this or you know? And it can affect, mm. you know, and yeah. But the thing why. that I think that one of the best things about The Last of Us Part Two is its ability. Right. No, that's all right. Is its ability to um, to emotionally manipulate you the entire game into first of all, you're like, yeah fuck this bitch and you hate her you just you want her to die instantly but and then you see the kind of person that she is and you straight away kind of like oh well fuck (laughs) i I think it's a a big comment on society we just kind of run with the headline a bit and i think that that's what you do with abby in this game you run with the headline without actually reading the full story and when you do read the full story you're like oh wow um i don't want you to die (laughs) and so when you're kind of fighting each other at the end of the game it's so powerful it's so powerful that was such a great choice when casey said that to me this afternoon i was like that's a fucking great choice it's a very very good fight so yeah hope you enjoy it when you play it (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) well again you haven't done it by now i don't know what you've been doing i mean it's a 15 year old game now isn't it How old? How, is it 15 uh, no, years old? No, Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us 2. What no. year did that come out? Not quite. 90, uh, 2019, I reckon. Oh, shit. Well, I was thinking 2010 or 2011. Was that the first one? Or I'm, just, I'm first a decade The first out. one came out in 2013, I reckon. Well, don't mind me. Tail end of PS3. Uh, mm. Got my decade. Announced in 2011, though. So mm. you were close. Mm. All right. Uh, mm. Steely. Steely, what you got? Give it to us. I'm giving it to you right now. I told you that we wouldn't cross over because I'm fired up for Diddy Kong Racing. And it's this is a fucking corker of a game. Bubble of the Octopus is the boss battle that I, I have a lot of memories with. Now, this boss battle was Souls-like before Souls-like had Souls. Like, seriously um it was just fucking so hard boss battles in this game were always extremely difficult they were hard races that 
basically specialize in specific vehicles. So in Diddy Kong Racing, you could drive, you could fly, you could ride in a boat before it was cool. And um, it was just like so great. But you had to use the hovercraft slash the boat, um, which is kind of obvious considering you're fighting an octopus. Um, So all these battles require you to strategically use weapons and boosts and shortcuts to take the upper hand on the boss and then... The rubber banding is such a bitch in that game. I mean, it is just so tight. You get ahead of this thing, and I remember sometimes getting ahead of this octopus thinking, I've done it. I've I've done it now. I'm, I'm ahead. I'm going to win. And then it would just overtake me in two seconds. It would, like, whip me or splat me or whatever the fuck it did, and I would just be... I just remember raging out so hard. I think I was about maybe a, a one go off of splitting the... Uh, controller in half the uh nintendo 64 tri-prong of death um but <laughs> coolest mechanic in this game was the the item upgrade system where you could collect a rocket you can use it or you can hope for the best and uh, you know when you use that rocket or you can collect another rocket and make it into a homing rocket and i really loved that um that was such a cool mechanic because it gave you the opportunity to use a bit more strategy in races um and that that boss it was memorable for me because i to this day have never defeated that boss and it's the thing that stopped me from finishing diddy kong racing i couldn't get past it and so i couldn't finish the game because it was just too fucking hard and so i i guess my memories of it are wanting it to die so, um, but was it was it too, too hard or were you too shit well fuck me fuck emotional damage i was amazing at diddy kong racing yeah uh i was probably eight but i felt really good um, he's the only member of the dg crew with an insanely high power level tell me what his power level is it's over nine thousand <laughs> <laughs> I um, look. I I was probably really bad at it. If I was to go back and play Diddy Kong Racing again now, would I be better? Probably not, because the controls would be a bit difficult because it's an old game. But having said that, I love that game with uh, so much fond memories, and I used to love that you'd go up in boss battles against people um, because it just made it so fresh. There was something different throughout the entire game to play, other than just the racing. Which I I wish. Mario Kart would take a leaf out of that book and just give us something just as creative as that in the next installment of Mario Kart. So it's Diddy Kong Racing and that fucking got Bubbler. So there you go. Bubbler the Octopus. The Octopus. Uh, Give you a guess at what he's doing. Bubbling. Bubbling, yeah. (laughs) 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 Wow. He's bubbling. I'm a bat. Wow. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. All right. Well, to let's uh, let's bring this this uh, bad boy home. Um, there's probably a million and one different boss battles that I could mention here, but I wanted to give a very special shout out to Super Mario sixty four and uh, beating. Bowser in mm. his three forms um, throughout Super Mario 64 because it was almost, it was, I don't know, just like a revolution at the time. 
that you could go and pick Bowser up by his tail and then mm. you had to rotate the analog stick mm. around in circles to swing him around mm. and then let him go at the right time so he'd like fly off and hit the bombs and explode and come flying back. So, um, I mean, a little bit um, reductive that they did it three times. Like they could have at least introduced a different mechanic each time. But um, <laughs> but anyway, um, it was still, I think, one of the most memorable boss battles, certainly of the Nintendo 64 uh, era. Mm. Um, but, yeah, prior to the Nintendo 64 in the era of the Super Nintendo, um, I would have said... Uh, one of the the most memorable boss battles was uh, Lavos from Chrono Trigger, because he was such a ridiculously difficult boss to kill. And unless you had leveled up basically every one of your characters and all of their you know special powers and everything, you were not gonna kill this this mm. boss. He was just fucked. Mm. And um, they introduced different elements so that you could sort of because you had to fight his outer shell, and then once you like destroyed that, you're like, "Yes, I've killed him." And then the outer shell breaks away, and then you got to fight the the fucking dude living inside, mm. and he's just as fucked. So, um, <clears throat> there's a way that you can sort of play through this fortress section, and you get straight past the outer shell, and you just get to fight the dude inside. So, um, it's a bit of a bit of a cheater's <laughs> way of getting through. So, um. Uh, that's always good. Um, but uh, lastly, uh, memorable boss battle, Mortal Kombat 1 on the SNES, Shang Tsung, trying, <laughs> trying to fucking kill him <laughs> at the end after you've just been pounded relentlessly by Goro. <clears throat> oh, man. That that was such a feeling of accomplishment to uh, to kill him at the end of Mortal Kombat. So... Uh, that's that's my my memorable boss battles, and uh, that just happens to be the end of the novelty segment. So stick that up, you guts. <laughs> Did I just take fucking acid or what? Oh, <laughs> I'm so anxious. I don't know why I'm so anxious. Oh, boy. Uh, how are you playing the outro? Yeah, how good's that? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we're just full of surprises tonight, aren't we? Mm. Oh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> even though the outro has uh, prematurely fired <laughs> off like uh, like Steely... Um, We'll, wow. uh, <laughs> we better we better wind things back slightly <laughs> and oh uh, say well that brings us to the end of another descending gamer podcast uh, for another week and I'd like to thank the members of the DG crew starting with uh, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton thanks JB always a pleasure mate and the gaming chef himself thanks Joel oh, fuck, I fucking did it again. <laughs> Oh, dear. And last but not least, uh, Casey C. Mac, Pistol Pete, the Pissed, McLaughlin. Hey, I'm a triple shot now. So, yeah, I'm I'm one shot. Thanks, Joel. You're welcome. And uh, we'll fucking see you next week. (laughs) Yeah, bye. (laughs) 
Maria. Goodbye, my lover. Ah, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. <laughs> <laughs>